Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, a weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from a varying skill range. I am your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. With me, as always, is our experienced gamer who still can't quite figure it out and struggles with it, Keith. What's up? And of course, next to me, my wonderful wife, Resident Noob, Liz. Heyo. And uh, this week, we are going over my pick, which was Prey by Arcane Studios. I picked this game because I actually played the original Prey on the Xbox 360, and I have actually been following this game for a while. Uh, I remember it first was meant to be a like bounty hunter game when they were rebooting it, but then they ended up scrapping that and came up with this one. And I'm also a big fan of Eat, Pray, Love, and I was really excited to play a game that was based off the Prey chapter. So, I mean, it was it was a bit different than it was in the book, but, you know, things can never be as good as the book, I guess. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> I hate you for that. Read, I, so I, call I just, on that. No, I really want you to know I hate you for that. So, congratulations. You just, you just made it happen. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in a dad joke every once in a while. Like, come on, you gotta, you gotta live it up. But uh, a quick synopsis of this game. Uh, you're playing uh, Morgan Yu, which you can be a female or male Morgan Yu, which I thought was a nice choice. But you are a scientist with your brother Alex on a space station, and you are trying to obviously create advanced scientific technologies with the use of alien technology or the aliens that are that you've captured called the Typhon. And of course, as all games go, they escape and you must fight them as they are taking over the space station and killing all your co-workers. So, Keith, why don't you start us off? What did you think of the gameplay of this game? So, well, I guess it, I, I guess I could break it down a couple different ways, personally. As a whole, I thought it was a really good game. I enjoyed it. But the one thing I hated, and I will say I hated it, is I, the fighting itself. I just didn't think it was that good. And I have a lot of opinions about that, which I can discuss later. But otherwise, I, I thought it was a really good game. I liked the skill building aspect. I really liked the constructing and like breaking down items and things like that. So there's a lot of really good things that it did and a lot of things I liked. But eh, I, I kind of wish the style had been maybe a little different. I kind of disagree a little bit because I actually really enjoyed fighting in this game. I was surprised. I will say it was really annoying to fight the Technopath and the Poltergeist. But I love the different weapons that you got to use, which I saw Andrew playing it, and I didn't realize the uh, glue gun. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Glue gun, but it's spelled differently. Yeah, with two you, O's. Yeah. Because an acronym. You can use that to climb. I don't think I really utilized the Neuromods to the best of my ability. I actually put a ton of hours in, but I'm starting it over because I want to play the game differently. Like, I like it that much that I'm like, I put... I feel like I could have completed it like many, many, many hours ago, but I've been purposefully trying not to finish it. But yeah, so I've been playing for like 21 hours. I'm like, I want to start over. Like, I don't want the ending. So You do that a lot with a lot of games. When you're playing, you're like, man, if I played this again, I would be so much more efficient with it. No, and I think that's totally... And I really do feel like that with this game. Yeah, I think that's totally fair with this game. It's got multiple endings which we can talk about that later obviously too but it's it's got the replayability from that aspect is there's different ways you can do it and yeah i I do like that about the game i I will agree with you there for sure because you can use the psychic abilities too which i did a tiny bit but my big complaint with the gameplay is that when you get to a certain point um when you reboot everything all of a sudden there's like three times as much monsters and you can't get into certain doors and even uh when you go into outer space some of the doors you can't get in 
unless you have like certain repair things, which I didn't focus on. And that's what I mean by like the normal mods. I wasn't making them enough. I wasn't building up my abilities enough. But yeah, you get to that certain point towards the end where it just becomes more of a hassle. And I think that I didn't set myself up well enough for that. Yeah, that's fair. And speaking of the gameplay with this, for me, I think I'm like kind of in the middle of the road with both of you. So I enjoy the combat, but I think it could have been improved a little bit. For me, this game felt very much like Bioshock. If you're a fan of the Bioshock series, I think you'll really enjoy this game. Because it's not meant to be like this first person like action where you're just going around with like tons of ammos and just blasting everything. The action is a lot more methodical. You are more rewarded if you play it slow and try to set up traps. Maybe like lure the monsters to a bunch of explosive canisters and blow it up to, for a quick kill. So it's a lot more rewarding to kind of take your time, look at your environment, and figure out how you can try to save your ammo but kill the monsters that are in the area. You even have the option if you want to, if you're feeling risky, to actually just sneak past the monsters. Because there really isn't much of a reward to kill the monsters. You Because there's no like actual experience. You can get crafting materials, which I really like the crafting in this game. So you can get some crafting materials to help you improve your character, but there wasn't any sort of RPG element where you're getting XP, so it's like, oh, I, I want to kill these monsters and get the experience points with it. But I absolutely love the exploration in this game because you have the ability, right off, as Liz was saying, you get the glue gun pretty early in the game, and that thing lets you explore just about anywhere in the map. Because right at the beginning, you're in a giant lobby, and it's like, oh, your office is on the top floor. And I remember trying to climb the stairs, and I was like, oh, all these doors are locked. It's like, oh, I could probably go to the other stairs. It's like, oh, that'll take too long. So I just shot a bunch of glue and climbed up to my office and smashed my window and broke into the office that way. And I absolutely love that kind of level of exploration in the game. I think it just it gives you such freedom to kind of play the way you want. So that lobby, I wandered around that lobby for like a solid hour, I'll be honest. And I just could not figure it out. And then finally, yeah, I... I had my glue gun, and I noticed one of the ledges I could kind of walk on. I was like, oh, wait a minute. You told me I could do this. And so, yeah, then I figured it out. But it took me a little bit of time. The only thing that stuck about that, you didn't know if a window was breakable, because some windows are and some windows aren't. So you could end up climbing this entire cliff and then realize, oh, this is an unbreakable window. I will say with the exploration, I really don't like space exploration in games like this. I thought it was difficult to figure out, like, which area is where and I just didn't like the movement of it. The space exploration I actually kind of enjoyed. It there wasn't too much of it, but I thought overall like navigating through the space, it wasn't too difficult. And I actually liked that you could actually end up injuring yourself if you're going too fast and end up crashing into a wall. But you had the ability to break, to roll. Uh the I only found the enemies in space to be the most annoying. When you fought all the cyst nests, they're just like little creatures that would follow you and attach you and explode. I hated those. They things. weren't too hard to deal with, but they were hard to find, and there were just so many of them. And they just tended to become really frustrating. See, I thought those kept attacking me when I was actually just like ramming into things full speed. Because, I mean, I for the most part, I didn't really get height damage. I think one time I got height damage because I fell really far. But because of that, I didn't think that I would get any damage from like hitting the walls. And I was like, oh, who's attacking me from behind? And then I finally figured out that it was myself. <laughs> nice. Nice. Quit hit yourself. <laughs> so. Which I don't understand why they didn't have like a flamethrower, especially with those guys. But there were some that said that they were particularly weak to fire. Because you have like the um, electric gun, the glue gun, the shotgun, all things like that. But I feel like a, like a flamethrower would have been really good in this. That's game. kind of a good point. This 
I feel like that's such a staple in most sci-fi games. They have some sort of flamethrower weapon. But there isn't any of this. Yeah. You get a flame ability, but yeah, there's no flamethrower. Oh yeah, see, I didn't use any of the alien abilities. So that that hindered me. Yeah, I didn't. I try to do this game with just human abilities as well, and I didn't want to do any of the aliens abilities. Which I know, Liz, you were doing a couple of them. Which I ended you up doing loved. two. So the first one I really liked because you would you kind of like stun them. Kind of, I, I it's hard to explain. But then the second one, which I got right before I decided to quit and start over is you can actually like kind of create like a like a force like and, and shove things away which the only reason why i got it is because i didn't have the leverage ability yet i didn't have leverage three and i was stuck in this room and i was like the only other way out is in this way and so the canisters weren't working nothing was working so i i used that and it finally worked but i actually didn't want to keep doing it yeah, I should say I did use the alien abilities. There's a couple times where I actually like played around with them, but I didn't actually use them for my main game because I would just reload my save because I wanted to. I'm trying to work for the achievement where you beat the game without using any alien abilities. But anytime I have used the alien abilities, they're actually really interesting because the interesting thing about this game are the creatures themselves. One of the main creatures you're fighting is called Mimics, and they're just these little four-legged, kind of worm-looking creatures, but they change into anything in the environment so you may think you're picking up a health pack but then also when you go to pick it up it turns into a monster and it latches onto your face and you can get this ability as well so you can actually use it to sneak past the aliens themselves by turning yourself into a normal object and just roll around as like a mug or you can turn into like a small object to get under cracks or get into like a slot in the window so I, I really liked the creative aspect that you could use with the alien abilities. Uh, see, I didn't even think about creating myself as like a mug and sliding underneath some of those little slots in the windows. But yeah, that is that is really cool. I'm guessing the achievement wouldn't populate for you, though, for like getting emails and stuff if you do it and then reload back to the other game. Or would it? I don't know. I would just kind of quickly do it to play a little bit and yeah, then revert back to my old save. Mm. But that's what, I, that's what I keep saying about this game. That's what I really liked about is the choice and options you have. Because as Liz was saying, there were some boxes like she didn't put in, she didn't get the ability to lift heavy boxes. And I was, I didn't get that ability for the longest time either, but I at least found the strategy where you get this um, recycle grenades, which you can throw at an object and it sucks everything in around it and turns it into (laughs) crafting materials. And I would just throw it at the boxes and turn the boxes into crafting materials and collect the boxes. And now the doorway is open for me. Dang. I never thought of that at all. I like I did it maybe a little bit towards the end, but by then I already had leverage, so I never really worried about it. But yeah, I that thought never even occurred to me. I focused on getting leverage for that purpose when I probably could have focused on other skills. Uh, for me, my first thing I was going for was hacking because I've always learned from sci-fi games like this. There's always a billion things to hack, which sure enough, this game has a ton of things to hack. And it's like, oh, I got to get that max level hacking skill up because I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very useful down the road. And sure enough, it is. But speaking of hacking, I feel like any game that does this, they always have a hacking minigame, which I always enjoy at first, but I think it gets overused. So the hacking game in this one is you're just like a little ball navigating through a maze in which you can get stunned by hitting the walls. And you're trying to get to a circle, and then the circle tells you what button to hit. And depending on what level of difficulty it is, you are traversing through multiple stages of it. But I thought it was a really fun game at first, but after doing it about 40 times, I was so sick of the hacking minigame. I liked it because you get good at it and you feel accomplished and it's like super quick and easy to do. 
luckily it is quick and easy, but like there really wasn't any reward since there's no XP in this game. You're just like hacking so many things. And it was just like, all right, I've seen so many of these courses. I'm done with hacking. Yeah, see, what I would have liked to have, have them do with this, to be honest, is that instead of actually... Like for as repetitive as it got, instead of having it just be the same mini game over and over and over again, I would have liked to it have been at least maybe like a variance of the mini games where maybe if you're hacking a keypad, it has one type of game. If you're hacking, you know, a computer, it has a different style of game. Just something to give me a little bit of variety would have been nice. But largely, I agree with you. It was. It was very tedious. It got to a point where I was just like, great, another thing I could hack. And then it also bothered me that there were just certain doors you could not get past unless you had the key card. And I'm like, I spent all this time leveling up my hacking, but you're not even going to give me that. that. So that was a little bit disappointing. But one thing that, like, we already talked about it a little bit, obviously, with the glue gun and, you know, like the first room. But that was one of my favorite things about the game as a whole was that literally there was just different ways around everything. Like the access panels were one really great way that you could always sneak around things or pop up in a different room. Like In a weird way, maybe it's just because we played it so recently, but it almost gave me a feeling of what Edith Finch was and the way you'd be looking at rooms and all of a sudden you'd see how they connect with some different wall. Like I... I don't know. I know it's weird because obviously they're way different game styles, but just like the way that house was weirdly built and like weird hidden paths. So I just thought it was. Yeah, really no, cool. I, I, get, I get what you're saying because you could kind of be like, oh, if I maybe like walk against this wall, there might be a vent connecting to it. Yeah. And then as you started to come out, you know, then maybe you walk out the conventional door a little bit later and you go, okay, I can like see how this is all built. So I really appreciated what they did with the design of the map. That was my, like I said, one of my favorite parts of the game for sure. But going off a little bit of what you were saying about with the uh, locked doors that need a key card, that was one thing that was a little frustrating with this game. So for the most part, when you're never doing side quests, it does a pretty good job giving you a marker as to at least what area you need to go to to kind of figure out the quest. But if you overlook a, like a dead body, you could end up be searching a room for hours just trying to find this one body because it has the one key card you need. I know that's happened to you multiple times, Liz. And you came over with like, and you would immediately find like, yeah, it's, it's the guy. body right next to the door. But, like, you, you even, like, I spent, like, an hour, body, yeah. But you just didn't loot it. So that's, like, one thing I think that's a little frustrating. I, I'm assuming you can, obviously, talk more about it, but it can be a little bit unfriendly to a noob. There are, like, there are some things, especially with that. I just, I feel like I needed, like, a little bit more explanation. Like, when I was saying earlier with, like, the glue gun, I was like, I can climb with that. And I, I found that out many hours after I already started playing where I could have been using that. Overall, I do think that the game is pretty hard. I did it on easy. I cannot imagine doing it on normal. I remember when I came across my first like big alien, I just immediately died. <laughs> and it was like it wasn't even like a like a Voltic one or like a, a technopath. It was just like the big mimics. And it was just like immediately dead. <laughs> and I mean I did like the challenge, but I yeah, if you're if you're new, I would definitely do it on easy. But you at least found it accessible, right? I did. I do think that Instead of, like, some of the things I didn't figure out, I would instead use just my gun and waste all my bullets. So for me, it was, like, a constant battle of just making more and more bullets. I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't really get to stock up on a lot of the the neuromods and the um, the no-wave grenades and things like that. Because I would use all my resources on the guns. 
and same with like when you were saying earlier about like avoiding certain monsters in order just to get by i wanted to see every single area because there's always things to find that like i just wanted to kill all the monsters so i could look at like every square inch it was like so much fun to like go around the buildings this is a game that really rewards your exploration it fully encourages you to explore every nook and cranny of every room that you enter whether you're just gathering junk to use for crafting materials or you end up finding neuromods that improve your character and give you new abilities. Just every corner just has something for you to explore. But going off a little bit with what you're talking about with the enemies, Liz, overall, what did you guys think of the creatures of the game? I mean, I think you get, what, like eight character models or enemy models? I would I would say like three. I mean, yeah, because well, they're all biggest very bland, right? Yeah, I agree they with are. you. They're all just the same like black and purple mass for the most part. And yeah, you've got the mimics, the slightly bigger mimics, the phantoms that have slightly different variations. Elemental powers to it, yep. yeah. And then Flame, the, the technopaths, electric. the weavers, basically the weavers just what, like a more amorphous version of the technopath, and then the nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and the, no, they had like poltergeists and stuff oh, I, too. Yeah, I hated the poltergeists. Using like the goggles. So I feel like they were actually like very different and they fought differently too yeah i didn't think there was much variety because I'm, I'm more with keith on this because they all for the most part of the same design too just slight variations because yeah the bigger mimics just had like a little bit of spikes coming out of it the poltergeist looked like it was a mixture between a mimic and, a, and the phantom which the phantoms are the humanoid looking ones the phantoms just had like different appearances of oh now it's on fire oh now it has electricity oh now it's made out of gas but it was still the same character model it just had like a different wave to it I still think that they fought differently though. Like the um, the Voltic one, he would like shoot his arms out. And I think the only reason why I see them so different because there was like one point after the reboot when I, when I said earlier that there was like so many more monsters. I went into one room and there was a Technopath, um, one of the Voltic guys, some Mimics, and those flying robots to shoot fire at you. And so for me, I like fighting all of those in the same room. I, I don't know. I think that they all fought differently. Well, they do. You're right. It's like, but the thing is, the the robots, those are just the operators. So again, for in terms of the model perspective, they really didn't do, there weren't much for variation. And I think actually all the phantoms did the little arm whip thing, to be honest. I think it's just, it. Yeah, but that's different it, than the technopath. It's different than the poltergeist, different from the, the robots. But to my, my argument for you, Liz, is. How did you fight all of these ones differently? Shotgun to um, the face. Some of them I would do the no wave. Some of them I would do... Well, for instance, the robot guys, I found I would do the glue gun and then hit them with the wrench. And then some I would use my psychic ability or the no, no wave. And then I would throw some kind of grenade at them. And then some, it was just like a simple shotgun or the pistol. And then there were some that um, the electric one worked really well on. I forget which one that was. And then what was the the Q-beam? Some of them were very susceptible to the Q-beam. And that one you really had to aim and focus because if it broke away for too long, the health bar would, would just go back. So I had different techniques for different ones. I definitely used my gun too much, like I said earlier. But. <laughs> no, I honestly, I like I, I agree with you. I just honestly, though, and this is, I think, one of my complaints about Picky. the fighting <laughs> was, no, is that you had the ability to look at and observe okay the null wave does more to this one versus this one but largely if you just had enough ammo you could just shotgun your way through just about any fight 
to be honest. So as much as there was different ways you could strategize to fight them, I don't think it required it. It just, I don't know. Well, the technopath, if you just started shooting at it, you wouldn't have gotten very far because it has those blasts. Like, you you had to stun it. You had to use the no wave. Otherwise, it wasn't going to work. And same with the poltergeist. It doesn't really appear until you stun it, and then you can shoot it. So it's not like you can just go up to the poltergeist and just start shooting it. The poltergeist, let me just a quick side note on that. That was just a nuisance of an enemy. Like, Can we talk about that? Because... You could barely see it, even with the psychoscope, and sometimes it I would just. I found that if you were in sudden... a room, it'd be okay. Sorry, what's that? Like if if you were in a tiny room and you were in there and it was outside, or vice versa, that was the easiest way to defeat it. But if you're in like a big open space, it is the biggest nuisance because it will just like come up from behind and start like lifting you. But yeah, if you can get one or the other in like a small containment area. It works so much better. Maybe, but it was it was also just like you'd be just about to kill it and it would just disappear on you as well. And the only real strategy I found to fighting those things was just stopping because it was as soon as you would stop that it would try to throw you and it would come visible. And yeah, then you just run up and I just wrenched the heck out of it, to be honest. That was how I killed those things for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I just normally would do like two shotgun blasts to and take it out. That, I mean, that too. But I just, yeah. I, don't I, I think they were a nuisance, but I didn't think they were, like, the worst. Because I didn't find them that often. And when they did, most damage they did was just kind of lift you in the air a little bit. No, but they would, like I said, they were just, they would evade me enough that it would annoy me. And I'd sit there fighting them for, like, two minutes. And I'm just like, gosh, would you just be visible so I can just fight you? At least the phantoms I could just go head on at and, and take them out. I don't know. That was just me personally. But speaking of poltergeist. How much did this game scare you guys? Because this game is considered a first-person survival horror, so it's kind of meant to be a little bit tense. And you have these mimics that are hiding in the environment that would appear out of nowhere. Did you guys find this game scary at all? Did it ever make you jump? Some would startle me, but I wouldn't say that I ever got like scared. It was more like like I'd be in the middle of something and something would jump out at me, and I'd be like, "Are you serious?" But like for me, I always judge it based on watching you play Outlast. And that game, I was just like. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I was just waiting for things to come out at you. And that was actually like a horror, I don't want to say horror movie because it's, it's a game, but it was kind of like watching a horror movie. And so I did not get that vibe at all from this, but I do think it can make you like jump in surprise. But yeah, so for me, one thing is that I guess I didn't even really think of it as a survival game until I was about three quarters of the way through it and just out of frustration I asked you. And you're scratching for ammo. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, it actually is. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Never did think of it as a horror game, but every so often it got me. Just when I thought it would be nice and easy or whatever it might be. Now, there was one in particular where I just gotten finished killing just a mimic, whatever, I don't know, and I see a med bay and I go, yes! I'm going to get that sweet, sweet health in there. And I open the door, and it gives me one of those just awful horror movie noises. And this body comes toppling forward at me. I hit about every button on my controller, and it was just a dead body. No fear. Nothing to worry about. But, yeah, I psychoscoped it. I I think I shot it. I might have tried to heal. So... I saw that clip of it. it. I saw you. Yeah, you had a wrench. You just started smacking the dead body. <laughs> I was just like, all right, that's scared key. Yes. But uh, I actually actually do have a clip myself too where it's kind of early in the game where you're in a conference room and you're calibrating the movie screens. They're called looking glasses. 
But to do it, you push like this thumbprint. So you're just pushing A at these like green dot that's appearing because you're calibrating it. And as soon as you do that, one of the phantoms appears on the screen. And as Keith says, it does that like horror music, high pitch music, and the thing attacks you. And I remember freaking out. I remember shocking out. And I just started blasting the screen and I just destroyed the entire screen. And I was like, oh, it was just an image. Oh, I must have skipped that whole looking glass thing because I, I didn't do that. Oh, gosh. I yeah. smashed that glass so quickly. <laughs> no, yeah. daddy. Speaking of the looking glass, I I couldn't find any articles if it actually was, but I think the looking glass is actually an homage back to the original Prey from the Xbox 360 because the few things that that game was mostly, the game for the most part was kind of forgettable, but the things that I thought were most interesting with that game was, one, it's very graphic doors that uh, if anyone's ever played that game knows what I'm talking about, but they also had portals. And so this was an early 360 game. And so this was before Portal came out by Valve. And I always thought these portals were actually really interesting because they were, once again, they were, as I'm saying, they're just portals. But when you go through them, there was no loading screen or anything. And you're instantly just in a whole new room that you can actually look around everywhere. And so that's kind of what the looking glass is in this game is it's a movie screen and it's playing back a video. But you can actually look around the room and like actually kind of like depending on how the looking glass is set up. But you can actually kind of look and it's not just like a flat video. So I felt like that was maybe them trying to maybe make a nod to the old Prey game because that's kind of how the portals were. But in the old Prey game, you actually could go through it and enter a next area. But overall, though, what did you guys think of the graphics of this game? I thought they were all really good. I mean, I think the environments for the most part, again, not a lot of different modeling to things. Just no matter where you went, you just have, uh, you know, the tape drives and just these huge computer box things everywhere also one thing that bothered me a little bit is i was in i think it was alex Yu's office your brother in the game and literally the cabinets were still listed as break room cabinet it's like that's kind of a, a lazy thing that you could have just called it a regular cabinet um so in a lot of ways like, no, it's, it's a special type of cabinet yeah it, it's, it's a, it's a special rooms. break room cabinet <laughs> it's it's so good you can have a break room in your own home but <laughs> yeah it's the little things like that i honestly think were a little weak in it but it was good graphically i will say that i loved the arboretum especially like i i think yeah. things were just different enough so when you go to like the the crew area where you meet the evil guy in the cafeteria, I I mean, that compared to the first place that you were at, I think with the Arboretum, that just kind of made me really appreciate it. No, I agree with you, Liz. Like, that's actually what I liked about this game is, so it's split, the whole spaceship is split up into different sections, but every section, I agree with Liz, like, I think it was just very unique. You wouldn't really kind of be in the same area and be like, oh, am I in the crew area? Or is this like, I don't know, or is this like the deep storage? Like, you would always kind of figure out where you were just kind of, like, just looking around. And there were a lot of rooms. There was. There's a lot of places to explore. I didn't really understand if the books and, like, the, the pamphlets and stuff that were lying around, if you really... Some of them did have codes, but as long as, like, you opened it, it would pop up the code when you went to, like, the right keypad. But I didn't read any of the stuff. But I will say, I do like that when you go into the rooms, it, everything that you could pick up was kind of, like, highlighted in a way so it's harder to miss things but yeah the books were always highlighted and i would look at them but i wouldn't read them but i was like just in case there's like a code or something on like this pamphlet or this notepad did you guys read this stuff well i was gonna say everything that basically had 
passwords and stuff, if I remember it, they all had they were all on notes. It wasn't on an actual book. I don't think I don't think they would be in the books. So I did find and that at least one achievement I got for reading like all the series and some of the books. I think personally, like just for the most part, what they did as far as actually reading them, it's just kind of cool sci-fi in like science lore in a lot of ways. Like there was a couple different things about the Fermi paradox, which I don't know if you guys are familiar at all with it. It's just like a weird thing about basically the amount of stars and space and galaxy numerically it's arguable that something is out there but we just don't know about it and we can't we don't have a way to know so it's just like weird science theories and things like that that they kind of sprinkled in the game that i thought was kind of kind of cool when the main character's bedroom there was a book that had um almost like hieroglyphics and then you see an alex um Wu's room, so I wasn't sure if there was like you needed that for something. So there were things in the book that I wasn't sure if if I would need later. I think Which, that was, was Japanese writing, else? actually. It was. <laughs> There's Japanese calligraphy. Okay, I haven't played that part in a while. Oh, that's staying in, Bram Stroker. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> we're cultured. <laughs> Well, no, because I I barely looked at it because I knew that I wouldn't need to remember anything. I would just look and see like a bunch of like squiggles, and I was like, oh, okay. Squiggles, <laughs> you're digging yourself in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just so, like the books and stuff, they they weren't necessary, but at least added like a nice backstory and kind of lore. And well, he just more... said there was an achievement, so I guess there was a point to open. Well, yeah, it. there is an achievement, but it's it's more meant to be just kind of more of lore and more backstory to a lot of kind of what's going on. So it's kind of a nice way that they kind of put in for the environment. But I am with you, Liz, though, because you just, like, pick up everything just in case. If it highlights, you hit X on it. Yeah. So. Because I'm a big collector. Although, did you run into this? I don't know if either of you got sidetracked on this for about 15 minutes because I was convinced it must be an achievement that I didn't bother take any time to look up. Was there was one room that was labeled with a bunch of little sticky notes with not a mimic, not a mimic. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a bug with it. That there's like an infinite amount of those things. And that's when I stopped looking. Oh, really? Yeah, because you'll just be walking around the room and you won't see anything. But it's just like, says, nope, 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 nope. And so you just keep picking them up. But you never pick all of them up. You can't pick all of them up because it's bugged. And it doesn't matter for anything. <laughs> it's just a funny little thing. That's all it is. And I spent, again, probably about 15 minutes longer than I should. <laughs> wondering. Oh, I'm curious if it's, if it's actually bugged or it's just meant to... Uh make some of their fans go crazy by trying to collect them all. That could literally be it, too, because I, I collected every stinking visible note I could find, and there was nothing to it. <clears throat> but there's no mimics left in the room. I can confirm that. He, he labeled them well. <laughs> they were not mimics. The notes also confirmed it. <laughs> but, I mean, it is possible it is a bug, because I remember that was the big thing that was the highlight of this game when it first came out was it was pretty severely bug-ridden. Uh, I know at one point, I think it was, it was either the PC or the PS4, there actually was a bug where it ended up deleting your game, and it would like it was impossible to pass a certain point. But obviously now at this point, the game is, is very stable. I didn't run through, I don't think, any bugs, another thing about it. If I did, I think, there, I think there was maybe like one or two maybe small ones, but I know, Liz, you had a little bit of an issue. I don't know if you, know, you were trying to complete a quest by giving uh, one of the NPCs his wedding ring but he just would never accept it for you, but he did for me. Yeah, I, I tried so many times. I kept going back and I kept going back and he would just never acknowledge it. He would just 
say some random stuff, but yeah, it's fine. Did you run any <laughs> bug skis? Um, I mean, aside from I think that one there, I don't know if it's considered a bug, but I, I'm pretty sure you said you ran into this too, was sometimes climbing into, so there's the little access panels around the around the map that you can climb into, but you would kneel to get into them, unless you did like a weird jump sometimes, but that didn't even always work. So sometimes I would just fight with it until it just let me in, basically. And it was kind of a nuisance, but I don't, I don't know if it was a bug. The ones at the beginning of the game, those are the ones that I had to jump with. And then for some reason, halfway through what I played in the game, it would stop doing that. You could just like crawl. So maybe they were just like, oh, this is a nuisance and they fixed it halfway through. I don't know. But I noticed there was a certain turning point where they stopped making you jump. No, I, I noticed even later in the game. I would still oh, find some that's Yeah, because I was just like, is this like an invisible wall that isn't properly loading? And yeah, like Keith, I would have to kind of fight with it a little bit. And then it would finally let me in. Yeah, it was just bad pathing. So that's why, like I said, I don't know if it's really yeah. a bug. And then again, like a couple times it crashed on me, but I get that with a lot of games. I mean, Overwatch sometimes oh, just crash crashes. Yeah, like I said, it was, I think, twice, maybe. Maybe even only once, to be completely honest. So it wasn't really a horrendous thing. It was just, I noticed it. And uh, like I said, a lot of games still do that. It's It just happens sometimes. They're computers. But, I mean, that's also, it's very frustrating because it makes you go through probably what I think is the worst part of this game, and that is the loading screens. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Because when we were, we started playing this game, I said to you, these loading screens are ridiculous, especially if, to, if you have to go to multiple locations in a short amount of time. And you're like, Liz, you complain about that with a lot of games. And so I was like, oh, okay, maybe it is just me. But now you're admitting that the loading in this was horrible. No, they're horrendous. They are horrendous. And they happen far so too like, frequently. I was right, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're partially right. <laughs> what do you mean? How am I partially right? Those, they were so... If you have to go to, like, three different doors and within, like, ten minutes, it was like... I would start watching a YouTube video. Like, no no lie. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start watching this video and then look up every, like, 20 seconds and see if the press A thing would come up. I watched YouTube videos in those load screens. <laughs> All right, they were pretty long, I do admit. Because the thing that annoyed me is that it did a whole super long load screen and then it does like another screen after, which took me a while to figure out like, is it loading just another load screen? But that's actually the saving. Like it wouldn't, it auto saves while you're playing too. Like you'll see the icon that it's saving, but it would actually prevent you from playing the game. Even though it finished loading, it would make you sit in another black screen while I had like a little square in the bottom just to save the game in which the saving wasn't quick either. That's, that's another like 10, 15 seconds of just seeing that. So yeah, you waited like a minute or so of the load screen and then an additional 15 seconds as you waited for it to save for you. And then even then, when you actually load and start playing, you'd see it save again. And it's just like, you couldn't have just saved then? But I'm curious if they did that save because of the bug they had, where like I was saying, it would like delete people's game. And I think that might've been the reason why they had that impassable save at the end of the loading screen. But it was very frustrating. If you had to travel to multiple like zones if you're like, crap, I have to go to like two sectors away from where I am now, you're looking at a good like five minutes of just load time. Yeah, and but I will say that you calling me just a complainer though did make me more patient because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just me. So that's why I started watching the YouTube so videos. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> but now I'm going to go back and play some more and start my new game and get frustrated. And I'm going to complain <laughs> about it every single time. But I also want to go to uh, the next point where I think this is probably the game's weakest, and it's overall its story. 
Overall, did you guys care about the story at all? Because for me, I, I thought the story was okay, but I just did not care about the characters. I could care less if everyone in that spaceship died. I, I had no emotional connection to anyone. Because I thought everyone was kind of rude. Like, there's a bunch of emails and stuff you can read to people, but some of them I would read. But overall, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I thought that they actually tried to humanize the characters a lot. Though. Some like, of they them. had them playing that game that they created and trying to pass time on the spaceship. And there was a bunch of like love interest things going on and you find out that somebody's girlfriend was murdered by the evil cook and for me I was just like I need to find this cook and like just deal some justice. They were the only characters I cared for. But the main character you're like is she kind of evil and then when they kind of like hint that you need to go down this certain path it's like there's a lot of like kind of like moral questions it's like do I skip this because it's just going to happen anyway? Like I don't I just thought it was kind of Difficult to kind of navigate what they wanted versus what I should do. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean though, because like for me, I think Andrew and I basically played this game similarly, where we looked up pretty early that yes, there's an achievement for beating the game without killing a human and doing certain things. So we kind of tailored our play to it. So I went for not killing any humans. So it made it a little easier to make a choice, but at the same time, you're right. Some of the characters are just outright jerks. And, like, I just want to glue gun you right now and just smash you over the head with my wrench. Like, the prisoner guy that is a human trafficker and, like, well, underage girls and stuff like that. It's like, if this was real life, like, yeah, I would I would have him eaten. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. I'm slightly curious about that, But I know in the game, morally, that, you're supposed to save the pervert. No, because I'm actually curious about that because I kind of feel like they set up the, the organization to be, like, evil. And they're basically just abducting people themselves and just putting all the and potentially putting these bad titles on them to justify this is why we're murdering this person through all of our but scientific he said trials. most of the stuff you're reading is probably true he said that oh uh, maybe i didn't but i'm like a, i'm a i'm a better person now. i was like i don't care if you're a better person you're still human trafficked like well the company isn't kidnapping people uh the company that runs the space station there's actually a point in the story where you find out that they made a contract with russia and they're Russian prisoners that they got from the Gulag. Uh, but they don't have a Russian accent? Well, you only meet a handful of prisoners. Oh, okay. Yeah, most of them are and, dead. Yeah, most of them are dead. <laughs> but yeah, they, they did explain where like these the, the prisoners that the experiments are used on, where they came from. So the corporation isn't too evil. They're just using Russian criminals. I still think it's arguable over whether they're evil, but I get what you're saying. But for the most part, yeah, I didn't care for any of the characters because when I was reading the emails... All the emails were just kind of like petty complaining about coworkers. So for me, it's like, I don't really care. Oh, so-and-so's lazy and is drinking on the job. Oh, this person is late for work again. And it's like, I don't care because that's the guy's corpse right there. So it's like, it's not like this is a human I'm going to be interacting with. So for the most part, I thought a lot of the characters were just kind of flat. Like even your character, I, I find the interaction between you and your brother kind of interesting because you're kind of trying to piece together is your brother actually good or is he evil? Because the whole point of the story is while you're taking these neuromods to improve your character, if they ever get removed, you lose your memory. So your character at the beginning of this game essentially has no memory because all the neuromods were taken out of them. So you're trying to piece together yourself, like is your brother good or is he trying to stop you from blowing up the space station to prevent the aliens from getting to Earth? But overall, I thought just the story was kind of generic. You know, uh, humans find aliens... And then humans find that they can get, you know, 
interesting technologies by extracting essence from the aliens and of course the aliens escape. It's kind of a typical sci-fi story. So I don't know, for me, I just thought the story was just generic. It was just okay. I had nothing to write home about. One thing I will say about the emails that at least personally made me laugh is I feel like it was almost in like an office space sort of way, just a lot of just dumb office humor. Like one of them in particular that really made me laugh because A, you know, like we talked about, there's a lot of notes around computers that'll have a, a password for you. And one of the emails, it was like from HR, or IT security or something. It was like, you know, uh, a sticky note underneath a desk, no matter how deeply or well covered, is not a secure way of storing your password. Please stop doing this. It's just like, gosh, that's real world right there. And I get those emails on a daily basis. So I could totally understand it. Yeah. Like, it is, like, kind of funny, like, with some of the humor they put in to the, uh, like, actual office space of it. Like Liz was saying, there's a toy gun you pick up as, like, a weapon that you can keep reading emails that the coworkers are, like, shooting each other and, cre- and, like, playing an assassin game. But that toy gun was actually an interesting tool as well because you could actually use it to hit buttons. So if you couldn't enter a room but you could see the lock button across the on the other side of the wall, you could actually use that toy gun to shoot the lock to open the door for you or to hit a touch screen and open up like an email to get a password. So there actually was a purpose for the toy gun. Oh, I just recycled them. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was probably a reason, <laughs> but. Yeah. So, I mean, like they added like a little bit of life to it. I just didn't care for the characters. No, I, I largely agree with you. I think it was a pretty generic story as a whole. But at the same time, I will say, because I don't, I don't know if any of us actually fully beat the game, right? I think you and I are basically right at the end, Andrew. But I know you looked up the ending. Yeah. So I guess this could yeah. be a little bit of a spoiler, so we can we can mark the time for people who who don't want spoilers. But ultimately, this is nothing more than you just wake up and it's it's all just a moral kind of uh, what's the word? Simulation. Yeah, simulation. <laughs> so it's you just kind of wake up as as one of the aliens and this has all just been an alien simulation or a simulation for you to decide your morals so i thought that was a really kind of cool aspect of the game that they did this throughout and that actually does all matter at the end like they tallied up all of that stuff i forget is she human i picked a girl sorry is like he or she whoever you picked is are they human or yes. they are. They are, but you're not actually them, correct? So instead of actually being Morgan you, you're a Typhon, the the alien who's been injected with all of Morgan's neuromods, correct? Yeah. Oh, so you're an alien. Right. So yeah, so in the end, they get your memories and implant it in a Typhon because the entire time while you're learning about the alien species, you find out that they just have no empathy. And so in the end, you find out that you're just a typhon yourself reliving Morgan's memories in hopes to give the typhon empathy because they actually started to invade Earth. And if you can make the typhon empathize with the humans, they may save the humans and not try to kill everyone. So that's kind of the whole premise of the game. But as Keith was saying, it is all kind of moral decisions. So it does have like a nice replayability where you can actually see the different endings. But like we were seeing in our last game we were playing, or not our last game. Many, I think multiple games, actually, because it it was... Uh, we talked about this. Yeah, it was in Vampire. In Vampire, thank you. It was one in Vampire where, yes, there is multiple endings, but more than likely you're just going to dip YouTube in the different endings. 
yeah, this game actually kind of forced you into it. But either way, it's I, I just thought it was really interesting, and I think as far as the story, it's worth noting. But we can we can move past that now, and people can start listening again if they don't want to hear spoilers. But does that change your mind about what you're saying earlier about it just being like a typical alien game? Because I feel like that ending is kind of well, pretty unique. Well, the ending is what makes it unique, but the overall story, yeah, I don't think is anything too interesting. I, don't, I think it's cool too, though, that you are obviously fighting all these aliens, but then you also have some humans that you're dealing with too. Yeah. Like the cook. I... So one thing I read about the first game that I played, I didn't kill him. I got to make sure to do it in this one. He <laughs> makes me angry. And his voice was so annoying. I was like, you can tell he's a villain because just like listening to him, I just wanted to mute the TV. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, he was like one of the one characters that you're just like, yeah, I really want to kill this guy. But because yeah, there's a couple of times where you have some moral decisions where you try to figure out like, oh, if I want to save this person or not. And depending on your choices you will end actually end up getting an achievement for it. And speaking of the achievements overall, though, I like the achievements in this game quite a bit. If you're an achievement hunter and you're hoping a thousand this game, it's going to take quite a bit of time and work. But this is a game where I think achievements are properly utilized. There's a couple that are secret achievements that are easily missable. And personally, I can't stand when secret achievements are missable because... I mean, how are you knowing that you're missing the achievement unless you look it up? And I don't like that. I think that's a terrible idea. But overall, the, a lot of the achievements were directing you on kind of different ways to play this game. As Keith was saying earlier, both me and Keith are trying to beat this game by only using human abilities. And then there's an achievement to go back and play the game only using alien abilities. So this game is really kind of trying to teach you different ways to play this game. That's what I like about it because there's multiple different difficulties and depending on your difficulty, drastically changes how you play. Because if you play on a hard difficulty, your weapons degrade, and you actually got to repair your weapons. Your ammo is a lot more scarce, so you got to conserve it. So you got to try to like really kind of maybe sneak past aliens and figure out what fights you do want to fight. And if sure enough, there's achievements to do that. I mean, there's an achievement to beat the game without using any neuro mods, which is very difficult. So that means you have to go and find all the key cards to open all the doors, and really use your glue gun to travel places and find ways to open doors in the non-conventional way. So I absolutely loved what they did with the achievements in this game. The achievement that I noticed that I got, because usually I'd, I don't really read the achievement when it pops up, but the one that I noticed that I got, and I was like really proud because I feel like I would get this, but eating every type of food. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was supposed to say what you mentioned. That. I thought it was going to be the other one. Which one? The one where you end up recycling yourself and killing yourself. Oh, I yourself. forgot about that. So there's two that I noticed. Because I, I normally don't Because you laughed pretty hard at that one. Yeah, well, then it happened to you, and you yeah. were laughing. But oh, yeah, I recycled was... myself a few times. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just think it's funny because I was in the other room and I heard you laughing. So yeah, as far as achievements, I I agree with you. I think for someone like me who's not trying to generally seek out, like putting out a thousand points on a game, I I appreciate when games do have, you know, beat it a couple different times and you can get all of the achievements. But for me, I'm rarely going to do that. At most, I'll keep playing a game if there's playability after you beat it without having to replay it from you know storyline one so i didn't care much for the achievements at least as far as like getting a lot for someone like me but i i do agree with you though that at least they made it worth it to do those replays through because i think it really changed the gameplay and how you beat it so 
I can appreciate that. And it's still beatable in under 20 hours. So it's it's not that bad. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But uh, wrapping up here and getting to our final thoughts. Um, overall, I think for me, I'd, I'd give this game a solid 85. I, I really liked it. I'm a big fan of the Bioshock series. So I thought this game felt very familiar to kind of the Bioshock games. I, I really liked the environment. I love the exploration. I do like that this was kind of a reboot of the original Prey because the original Prey I enjoyed, but I thought it was very forgettable. I thought the story in this game was a little forgettable, but I absolutely loved everything else about it. I think the combat was really good. Uh, I'm actually even interested and maybe even possibly looking into getting the DLC because I actually even heard the DLC in this game is actually really good as well. So I, for me, I really would like to play this game again with either a different play strategy or trying the DLC. Well, the DLC itself though, is that just all that adds? Cause you see the option in game, that new game plus is, is that what you need to get new game plus or is that part of the regular game? Cause that, that should be part cool. of the origi- original game. I okay. can't fully confirm that yet because I haven't beat the game yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's part of the original game. Yeah. I tried looking it up, but not very hard. Obviously I'm sure it's the DLC to... you're playing on the moon and you're kind of doing these quick sprints and like every time you replay the game, it completely changes the environment and the strategy you have to do. It's kind of like a roguelike is how they do is the expansion. There's also the expansion too, where it's Typhon Hunter and it's a hide and go seek game where one person has a gun and everyone else is a mimic and they're trying to hide around the environment while the person tries to find them. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun actually. I would enjoy that. Yeah, but it sounds like you would need friends to probably play it though. I, if you're playing with random people, I know it could be as fun. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think I'm a little lower. I want to say about 80, but, and I guess it's fair. Maybe I just really, really did not think the fighting was that good. Like I said, I just thought most of the fights were just really bland and just, I, I don't know. It, it it wasn't my style, but I do really like the game. And I think that it has a lot of, a lot of things to offer. So I do. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that. 80 done. Um, See, I'm kind of torn because before I got to like towards the end with the reboot, once that happened, I kind of like disliked playing the game a lot more. So I'm kind of torn between like an 85, 90. The beginning part of the game, I feel like I'd do that. I'll do, I'll do like 80, 88. I'll do 88. But I, like I said earlier, I kind of disagree with Keith. I thought the fighting was a lot better than some of the games that we played. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the Arboretum and the different places that you could go. So yeah, I'd give it probably an 88. I'm surprised you were like, I, first off, I thought you would hate this game. I did not think this game would be accessible for you as a noob. Like I thought you would Watching find it frustrating play, and like, you'd be scared of it. You also thought that too about Parenthesis, you thought you wouldn't like it when you saw me play it. Yeah. Actually, but, I'm going to give it a 90. I'm going to give it a 90. <laughs> I changed it. <laughs> Well, so no, I was I was not expecting this to be a game that that you were gonna like, Liz. At least from my perspective. And then when I saw you on a bunch, like I, I said, I jokingly to Andrew, I was like, "Dang!" I was like, "Liz seems to really be enjoying this game." Because there was, I think, last Saturday, I I was plugging in like six hours, and you were right there. So I put in, I think, twenty one hours, maybe twenty two. Yeah. Um, But like I said, I was avoiding the ending. Like, it's definitely beatable way before that, even for a noob. Um, But yeah, I I remember what, Andrew, you said, I think it was you that said that um, it's kind of what you wanted from Alien. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is what more what I was expecting from Alien, even though there is only one Alien in Alien. I was expecting more like this. 
And well, in the end, there was a bunch of aliens. Yeah, the, but throughout the game, yeah, you're just dealing, dealing with one. Yeah. But yeah, I thought the mimics could have easily been replaced by the facehuggers and alien. Because I, I actually like the crafting system in this in Prey than I did in Alien. So I think if Alien took a little bit more of the concepts in Prey, I think Alien could have been a much better game. I yeah. absolutely This is agree. exactly what I thought Alien was going to be. So, I mean, for me, I thought I was going to like Alien and I didn't like it. And then I ended up loving this game. Well, so this is actually something I think we completely overlooked. And I'm actually shocked. So this is just a quick interjection. But it speaking of Alien, if I remember, and I, I almost re-downloaded it today just to check, was the music was very similar. It had that like kind of 80s is it synth wave. Is that what that's described as type of music? Yeah, I think so. And it was it was kind of eerie. And it was it was pretty cool. But again, not in your face enough that like hearing it all the time in the background was bad. And it didn't vary too much. But it, it, it definitely just added a cool elemental effect to it. Oh, see, I kind of, like, I would get irritated by it and turn it down. <laughs> but it wasn't bad. It was just, like... Doing music. After, like, well, when you're playing, like, for, like, five hours in a row and another monster comes up and you hear the music and then it's like, okay, I get it. There's a monster there. Oh, Griefer Keeper, that was nonstop repetitive. You love that music. Liz and I will I just forever be in, a, in complete <laughs> opposition about music, apparently. Anything I like, <laughs> she's like, this is the worst. <laughs> Yeah. You must love country music, don't you, Liz? I think what? You must love country music. No, I don't. Huh. That's surprising, because because you hate everything else I like <laughs> and like Wait, everything else I hate. Our country music loving fans, Keith. I mean, I don't. I don't. Sorry, hate country, country fans, music. but your music is garbage. Like oh my goodness! <laughs> I will say, I grew up and my like my dad would always listen to either rock or Garth Brooks, so I know a lot of Garth Brooks songs. I will say. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. But were you talking about the alien music, Keith? <laughs> What's that? Were we talking about the alien music? No, I just, like, like the, yeah, the music was just very similar. And so oh. it just gave me that very much. I thought that you were going part. to, like, a connection, like it was the same music studio that made both games. Oh, sorry. No, I just thought we hadn't really talked at all about it, and it was something I noticed. Sorry? Wait a yeah. rabbit trail into nothing, Keith. Well, so uh, yeah, it sounds like we have just about wrapped this one up. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to about do it for us this week. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, or if you listen to this fine podcast. Well, fine. I mean, I guess we're just fine. It's decent. <laughs> it's decent we try podcast. real hard. There Ish. we go. We should set. We should set the bar lower. <laughs> this try hard but podcast. But tell us, did we miss anything? Uh, is there something we got horribly wrong? Do you agree with us at all? Did you did you like this game as much as we did, or are you complete opposite? Uh, you can tell us uh, at at our Twitter. We're at gpgbpod. We're also on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. Or if you want to talk to us directly, you can email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys if you have any sort of comments. I have been your wonderful hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01844, where I stream most of the games that we're playing, as well as randomly I'll stream Apex. And then next week, Keith, you're, Keith, can you tell us what we're playing next week? Next week, we are playing Sunset Overdrive, taking you back to the start of the Xbox One. Oh, man. Yeah. I absolutely love that game. I've, like I've played it a bunch, <laughs> but I'm pretty excited. What? What are you saying about me? Oh, wait. <laughs> I have been wanting to pick up that game again so badly. 
Yeah, I've like Not I said, yet. I downloaded it on like free to play a while back, and I've picked it up a little bit now. It's on Game Pass too, so it's a good excuse to pick it up again. All right. Where can people follow you, Keith? Uh, you can find me on Xbox, a little fluffy. You can also find me on Twitter at Keith Lynch one two one. Um, on Mixer also. What about your Tinder? Yep. You know, that's just too hard to post. And no, we're not going into that. So I am on Mixer, though. So you can you can watch me stream these games and Apex and The Division and all the other fun games I play. Yeah. Can people Liz. see your beautiful face when you stream? No. You can... If you guys want to see my... my I don't know if I'd call it beautiful. You let me know. But I, I don't think you do. Where's the bar high, Keith? Yeah, we are well, going anyway. so bad about this. Liz, <laughs> can you please tell us where to find you? And I'm Liz the Noob. You can follow me on Twitter, at Liz the Noob. Noob is E-W. And I'm not on Mixer, but you guys should definitely check them out. She's also not on Tinder. Or is she, Andrew? Also, <laughs> I hope not. Also, tweet these guys. And tell them to play more Apex on Mixer. Because I like watching it, but they keep playing the Division. So, you know, help us out. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, and we hope to see you again next week. Bye.